What's going on? Welcome to episode 5 of Where You Want Me. So, Exodus 90 and Lent. What does that mean? What What is this all about? Um, so, let's get right into it. So, Exodus 90, if you haven't heard of it before, it's a 90-day program that you choose to do. Um, there are a ton of different times that you can do it, but what they recommend is that you do it for, for Lent. Um, so, what we did with all of the other missionaries... Um, in the program, we all decided that we would do it together, you know, and what the way it works is that we started in mid-January, and it's 90 days of exodus, of of a cleanse, so I'll, I'll go over in a minute um, <laughs> what the different disciplines are, they, they call them, what the different things that we do during this, this period, um, but the first big thing that they wanted us to know was, again, like, many other things that we've done is is what what is the why why is it that we're choosing to go through this 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 journey um so yeah so they said take a week to give yourself some time to to really get into this why is it that you're choosing to go through this journey because it's it's not going to be easy and eventually you're going to find yourself wanting a way out and this is where you need to remember your why so we did um <laughs> Um, I remember it wasn't easy thinking, okay, what is something that I can offer up? Like, why can I offer this up for somebody? And so I remember for me, it was all about going through this experience so that I could be, um, a better person, be a better missionary for the kids that, that we're entrusted to, you know, too many times, maybe not too many times, but sometimes, um, something uh, won't work out because of whatever reason. And so I'm thinking, okay, if I can just go through this cleanse, this can help put my life in a little bit of order. And maybe this, this order can, can help our clubs, help our kids in, in ECYD go a little better. Um, so here are the different things that we actually had to commit to doing. Um, so every day, there's a there's a list of a ton of different things and with the Exodus ninety app there it's like a little checkbox, so we're supposed to um, read the Exodus reading and reflection every day. They throw out a a few verses from the book of Exodus, and how it t- and so it gives you the reading and then it ties it into our life today. So reading reflection it takes about five minutes. Then it says offer up a holy hour of prayer every day. And then the hardest one for me, take short, cold showers. That's that's a tough one for sure. Then you got abstain from eating between meals, abstain from soda and sweet drinks, abstain from desserts and sweets, abstain from alcohol, abstain from unnecessary mobile device use. That's another tough one. Abstain from unnecessary computer use, abstain from video games, abstain from TV and televised sports, listen to music that lifts the soul to God, abstain from non-essential purchases, Get a full night's sleep, nightly examine, practice regular intense exercise, weekly fraternity meeting, fast on Wednesday and Friday, and abstain from meat on Wednesdays and Fridays. So that is that is a lot already. I mean, all these different things, and it's interesting because the length of it, 90 days, I mean, comparing to just 40 days, it's, it's over double of the, the 40 days of Lent. I feel like sometimes at least for me you think that okay you know say you give up whatever and you think okay this is tough but 
in just over a month, just five, six weeks, and it's done. And I never have to do this again. But 90 days, and especially with all these different disciplines, we have to get used to it. It has to become part of our our lives, our everyday lives for three entire months. So it's it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. And it puts you into shape, into the spiritual shape, <laughs> really, really fast. And it's really interesting because the main idea that they put up at the very beginning is we as a brotherhood and the brotherhood being the people that have committed to going on this this quote-unquote journey for for these these next three months um the idea that we are all in egypt that we like the jews were at that time they were enslaved they were enslaved to the egyptians and they had them doing all of these different things for them and that was their entire security and then going through the different reflections um they eventually get out of Egypt and they're in the middle of the the wilderness and um they they don't have any food they don't have any water and they start um they get angry at Moses and Aaron and they say you know if only we had been back in Egypt and we, you know we were going to die anyways but at least we would have had a roof over our heads we would have had food water clothing but you you've taken us out of here and we have nothing. So thanks to you, we're all going to die. And this is all just going to be terrible. And just, just, I remember reading that and I think like, oh my gosh, like how can they say that? You know, they were, they were slaves and now they just have freedom. And their first taste of freedom is, is anger and they want to go back. It's like, are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> but the idea is that we do the same thing. So it's just the question what is it that we are enslaved to? What is it that makes us comfortable, that makes us that makes us decide not to go out of our comfort zones to do something good for other people? So just already like that, a week in, two weeks in, big um, eye-opening experience. The idea that in our normal lives, and I remember this, I might have mentioned it whenever we had the spiritual exercises in January in Cheshire, but it was the idea of taking away all outside noise everything so in order for there to be some inside noise in order there to be um noise like god (laughs) speaking to us through these exercises um so it's the same thing for for exodus 90 it's the idea of taking away every single thing that we enjoy hot water in the mornings snacks desserts soft drinks anything that is comfortable in that, that we find comfort in is just stripped for three months. And it's just, it's not easy. And one, one big thing is that I remember that they would say that in the app, they, they, they actually, they sent an email from the, uh, he's like the founder of the, the Exodus 90. And he goes, look, there's no such thing as a perfect Exodus. It's impossible for a man to go 90 days and 90 entire days, three whole months of this lifestyle. It's, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. But the point is that you fall. Say you don't fast on a Wednesday or you drink a Coke one day or you eat that donut or that piece of chocolate or whatever. The point is not that you fall and you think, man, I messed up. It's done. The idea is that you stand up again 
and then you go back to your why. That's where you go back to it and think, okay, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah, it's not supposed to be easy, but if it were, then what would be the point of, of, of even challenging it, you know? And, yeah, I mean, I just remember this, this quote that, or this, this idea that I'd heard from somebody, and it said, a saint isn't measured based off of the times they fall. You know, a saint isn't the person, the man or the woman that falls the least. If anything, it's the opposite. It's the one that falls the most, but the one that stands up the, the majority of the time. So it's the one that, that falls just like any other person, but makes that decision to stand up when others won't. That's what makes a saint. And so that's the idea that they want to give us into, into these three months of, of this deep, deep cleanse is that if you do fall, you don't think it's the end of the world. Don't hang your head low. You think, okay, I messed up. Tomorrow is a new chance. I didn't do it today. And I go over that in my um, conscious exam before I go to bed. But you think, okay, here's what caused me to make this problem. Let's do this again tomorrow. We fight the fight tomorrow, and let's uh, let's let's go after it. So even even that, that's where you start getting, getting used to it. You know, you you get into the idea that, okay, this is my life now. You know, this, uh, this is the life that I'm living for now until until Easter, which is an entire three months away at at the time whenever we started in January. And it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. I mean, just for example, our in our clubs every day. Every single day that we have a club, we have to go and pick up donuts. And it's boxes and boxes and boxes of the best-looking donuts on the planet. And we can't have one. It's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) This is exactly where we want to fall, you know, where we just want to devour that good-looking donut. But it's, it's, no, I mean, we... It's something that we committed to doing. And, and yes, sometimes you definitely fall in here or there or... Or maybe the cold showers aren't easy one day because it's like four degrees outside and it's snowing and it's just so cold and that's the last thing you want to do. And yeah, sometimes totally, totally messed it up. But I remember in night prayers one day, kneeling right before um, the Eucharist in the chapel and just thinking, this is the life now. You know, we're doing this because we decided, I decided that we want to change and that we don't want to go back. You know, the idea isn't that that we think, kind of like I was saying earlier in Lent, it's like, okay, 40 days, 90 days, this little period of time, it eventually will end, and then I can just go back. The idea is that you find freedom, and you live it for the rest of your life. That's not easy to do, for sure. And it's interesting to see... Um, as it does get closer to, to Easter, I mean, today, the day that, that this is being recorded, it's day 74 of 90, just over around two weeks away from Easter. And it's just, you, you, you see everything in just a different perspective, for sure. I mean, I've, I've definitely never felt more of an excitement for life, an excitement to, to really live in a free way because you think you have freedom just because you have your own phone or you have your own car or you're doing this or that or whatever but there's a huge a massive realization that just with the phone that's in my pocket instantly we be, we can become enslaved 
enslaved to comfort and always taking the easy way out. And that's just by human nature, we will always want to do to find the most comfortable thing and and live there. We never want to take that step to actually challenge ourselves. So I think that's the main idea from Exodus 90 that I've gotten so far, just that sacrifice, that daily sacrifice that that we live as a community with all the other missionaries, you know, we all we all see how it's going with 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 us. But just that idea that life is is beautiful. You know, I mean, yes, we have so many things that we can be grateful for and we take everything everything for granted and the second it's taken away you have an opportunity to say wow these are all the different things that i've gotten and this is how i've been living it for the last 19 years it's like oh my gosh it's like it's only now that you 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 get that wake up call so it's interesting the way that it's set up um so i definitely definitely want to make that challenge to you um Maybe next year or maybe sometime throughout the year, do do an Exodus 90 or a Fiat 90 if um, if that's what you want to do. Um, Exodus 90, yeah, I mean, it's the idea of, of becoming a real man. And it's it's never been, it's, it's not easy for sure and it's not supposed to be easy, but the fruit comes at the end. You know, I, I remember at the very beginning of the mission year in August thinking, how is this supposed to change my life? I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. Of course, I'm excited. But I wanted to see the the fruits now. I wanted to see in a concrete way now how I'm going to grow and how my life is going to be better. And it wasn't until Exodus 90 that you see the differences. That you see that, okay, you can actually give something up for other people. And so that's what makes um, life as a missionary beautiful. You know, you can see how that affects our apostolate, our work in ECYD and LTP and all the other clubs and everything that we do is just whenever you finally, finally make that switch of comfort and making comfort for other people instead of yourself, then that's where the entire, the entire um, change, the entire difference is. That's what I was trying, the word I was trying to say. But the entire difference is in that where you, you, you finally see the growth that comes whenever you can see it um, in the things that you're offering it up for. So that is the, that is the message for this one. <laughs> for this next segment, I got to talk to Blake Joseph, a missionary in Atlanta, Georgia, talking about his experience through Exodus 90 so far and some other things that happened throughout his mission year. Mr. Blake, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Andy. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. How's it all been so far for you? So far, so good. You know, life is life is tricky sometimes, especially with Exodus ninety going on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, well, it's 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 good that you bring that up because that's that is the whole the whole topic of the day. So just yeah, getting getting right into that. How how has that been for you? Um, to be honest, it's been it's been tough. Uh, it's. It's definitely not easy, especially when you don't have total control over your schedule um, of where you're going to be, what you're doing and um, everything. But um, it's been it's been uh, one of my stronger goes at X-Men. This is my third time doing it now. Um, I did it my junior and senior year of high school uh, with some of my friends. Uh, we didn't like pay for the reflection or, or anything, but um, 
uh, we did it just by going uh, through the guidelines like the music, the showers, the uh, you know, snacking, uh, well, the music. What else is there? Uh, a couple of things. The sweets, the sodas, all that good Sweet stuff. Sweet sodas, yeah, all that stuff. And then uh, obviously the working out a couple of times a week. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's still tough. No matter how many times you do it, you don't get used to it. Um, For sure. I mean, I know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have, have not done it perfectly. Uh, I know we haven't here in Atlanta. Um, I mean, the cold showers have definitely been one of the tougher points for me. Um, yeah. That and the snacking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get yeah, it. Yeah, especially, they're good. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, how do you how do you think that has, or if it has, how has it have affected your your work as a missionary? Um, let's see. Um, so I would say it's it's definitely helped me be aware of how how beautiful and how gifted um, I've been in my life, um, which is how little sacrifice um, I have in my daily life. To be honest, mm. um, just because you know when you're doing Exodus ninety, you have a lot of added suffering to your day, like wake up first thing in the morning, like 6.30 in the morning, you got a nice cold shower to wake you up. Um, I mean, they're little things, but they're little things that really help you, help you become more aware of how, how cushiony, you know, how cushiony, how cushiony life can be. Um, and then like snacking, you know, who doesn't love a nice after school snack or a mid afternoon snack of whatever. Um, just to kind of be refreshing for the afternoon. Um, and then fasting. Um, I mean, I, my family never did the Friday, uh, meat fast growing up. Um, that's something I started doing with my community. Um, and then also adding onto it, uh, the Wednesday fasting. Um, it's not like that big of a deal, but it's just enough to really make you aware, um, of, of your suffering and um it gives you a great opportunity to just kind of offer it up for uh for our intentions um i know my intention uh uh is uh, an older woman uh who i went to daily mass with like all the time uh back home her name is miss marianne um and she's like one of the holiest women i've ever met uh she's like one of those women that's like her prayers keep this world together um and we serve funerals and everything so um and she's got uh, like several different kinds of cancer, so she's like knocking on death's door. Um, so I know all my suffering and everything that um, I've been enduring through Exodus ninety has has been going her way. Um, and I think that's another really cool thing about Exodus ninety is just um, the redemptive suffering aspect of it. Um, I mean, I'm sure you probably have an intention. I'm not sure who, who is your intention, Andy. So that's that's funny. Um, so my my intention is more of a. Like the, the the why the why behind it it was it was a little different but it was more based off of um, I realized that there was a little bit of a of a gap that I I had a little bit of a problem with with just the way that I I viewed other people sometimes so that was just kind of I mean if it, if it was like the like the the why behind some of the things that I would do so like whenever it is means um, you know working with with different kids in our clubs or or, you know, yeah. people in the community and in my everyday life with my family back home, I realized that there were a lot of things that that could have been better. So it, for me, it was all about um, finding a better way to love other people in a more deep way, in a more real way, if that makes sense. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, actually, I think Louis is doing, um, Louis, the other missionary here in Atlanta, is uh, 
he's doing it for more personal growth reasons as well, um, just with acts of charity. Okay. Um, and uh, really trying to build like mental toughness because uh, I mean, you need to be you need to be mentally tough in order to resist temptation and in order to grow in virtue. Um, for sure. So that's definitely that's definitely another really cool aspect of like just not just the. Uh, it's almost like forcing you to kind of grow in virtue and like perseverance, especially. Um, and like, you know, it makes you a lot more aware, kind of like what I was saying earlier, just aware of like your suffering. Um, but also through that awareness, I think it also gives you an opportunity to, uh, do more acts of charity. Um, especially with like, Oh, another aspect of exercise is the no social media. Uh, yeah. so with like extra time and stuff, you know, not scrolling through Instagram or, uh, Snapchat and people just, half pictures of your faces um yeah you got a lot more time on your hands um to do like simple acts of charity um like i'm sure you found this out that by living in community uh with all the priests and everything uh there are an abundance of acts of charity you can do around the house you know like dishes yeah random acts that need to be cleaned you know cars are dirty you know lawn work needs to be done just little things to help maintain the house yeah um but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's really great. Um, it's probably not something I'm going to be doing again for a little while. Now that I've done it <laughs> no, three years for sure. in a row. For sure. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's- I remember, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I mean, one, one big thing that even I was able to kind of take it on from, um, the, the spiritual exercises that, that I found tying into it later was just also the beauty, the beauty of life. You know, there was just so many things that, that by taking out this kind of exactly what they would tell us in our specs, but by taking out this um, exterior noise, we open it up for there to be like exterior noise. I mean, like I can hear, I can hear the, the the bird chirping right outside wherever you are, and like the wind and everything. And it's just I don't know. I, I mean, I can just imagine, and, and we've done that before also, where we're just out there sitting and just um, just enjoying the the day, you know. And even then, it's just a huge a huge difference too, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm actually like sitting out on our back porch right now, just kind of like there's like a big uh, thing, uh, like a section of woods behind our house. So yeah. um, I'm just kind of like sitting in a chair, just kind of like staring off into the woods, watching. There were a couple of deer that walked by, and uh, like the birds chirping and um, and everything. It's, it, it really is. It's so true. I mean, life is so beautiful. We've all been so blessed, um, and it's it's just amazing how how blind we are um, to all the gifts that God has given us. Yeah. Um, I mean, because now that we, you know, now that we don't have social media or um, games or like anything that's really exteriorly distracting us, we can focus a lot more on the interior life. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I know my prayer has definitely been um, a lot more like consistent and uh, and sound. I've been, I feel like I've been able to do a lot more out of my morning meditations, especially. Mm. Um, just because I'm not like, oh my gosh, all my friends are like, you know going to a bunch of football games or going to soccer games or, you know, doing all these fun college things and everything. Um, I feel like I'm able to really um, kind of focus more on myself and grow as a man um, and kind of really prepare me for that, like, next step in life. I mean, because we're, we're getting close to where it's time to figure our lives out and yep. go to college, get a job, get wiped up, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, that's awesome. And it's, and it's important, too, to really... I, mean, I don't know because I I definitely never never did that. I mean, doing I mean I don't know. I think this is the first time that I probably took Lent 
insanely seriously like we are now and it's definitely just very eye-opening to those, to those kind of things so yeah I, I totally agree with what you're saying that's amazing yeah so what what has been the hardest thing for you so far that you think okay this is the biggest struggle i'm having um definitely the cold showers yeah the the hardest part for me yeah um snacking would probably be second up just with all the you know all the conquest clubs you know you start every conquest club with a snack because that's like one of the biggest growing features for some of these like middle schoolers is that they get a free snack out of it um no for sure so you know but uh no definitely the cold showers um Hmm. just because first of all i mean i'm originally from south carolina so it's pretty warm there like year-round and uh i just hate the cold weather and so having to jump in cold water uh is just like 10 times worse it's terrible it's the same for me yeah no i mean like i normally normally uh what i do for seeing the mornings i turn it like to cool not like really cold just yet i kind of turn it cool uh, yeah, you ease into it. In. You ease into it. Yeah, yeah, you ease into it. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Of course, Louis and Kale were like, "That's the weak way of doing it." You know, you gotta just jump in like cold, and I was like, "Okay, uh, <laughs> I can't do that." <laughs> uh, yeah, Louis. Louis's been Louis's been probably the best about the cold showers out of uh, out of all of us. Um, but. Uh, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely nice having uh, two other guys to help keep me accountable. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you have, like, the whole Exodus 90 group. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to have people who are, like, really, like, in your day-to-day um, and really trying to help push you um, with everything with that. But the cold showers, man, are just are just tough. They are so tough. Yeah, it's true. In the, in the afternoon, it's not as bad just because you're, like, you know. Yep. It's, it's just, like, when you're tired... You don't really want to do anything. You yeah. haven't had a cup of coffee yet. You're just like, oh. Yeah, exactly. And at this point of the day, it's still cold outside in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like so cool out. So you're you're just getting out of your, like your really warm bed, all cuddled up in the sheets, and then cold floor. Ah, the worst. No, it's for worst. sure. But, you for know, sure. offer it up. You offer it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a great thing to to do. I mean, if you think about the teacher, and then just being able to. I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting for sure. Just thinking, I'm not doing this for me anymore. You know, mm-hmm. so there's yeah. definitely something for me that I'm, I'm definitely taking. Um, so that that kind of leads me to the next question. Are there are there any that you think that okay, I can I could probably keep on doing this in other parts of my life? You know, like outside of the mission year. Um. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think uh, something I want to take with me next year. Um, it's probably Instagram. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna get Instagram back. Oh wow! Um, You're letting it go. Yeah, I, I think. I think that's something I'm gonna try to take, uh, like permanently. Wow. Um. Uh. Just because Instagram is just a huge time waster. Um. It's a really big, uh, just distraction for me. Um. And I know that like. I I feel like I'm just a better man when I don't have like, you know. There's a lot of people out there who post you know pretty revealing pictures of themselves and that can lead to some temptations with purity and i'd rather not dance with the devil in a sense um but things yeah. like that and then obviously just the, the time wasting aspect i mean you can waste like two to three hours of your day um just on that alone and actually i was giving a talk to um a bunch of boys on prayer the other day and uh one of the priests in my house sent me an article um i forget the exact stats of it but um it was saying how uh basically on like a 
like on an average um, scale of people, if you were to live like 70 years, the average uh, like person would spend 10 years on their phone, uh, two years getting dressed, like six years driving, um, a couple other statistics. And, that was, <laughs> and then it said, um, if you went to church every Sunday, every solemnity and prayed for an additional 20 minutes, that would add up to only a year and five months of your life. Wow. And that just like blew my mind. Wow. That, you know, even if we go to mass every Sunday, every solemnity and pray for like 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's that's not like a, a small amount of prayer time. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good morning meditation and then um, maybe a little something afterwards. But still only a year and five months compared to like 10 to 12 years spent wow. on your phone or a screen yeah that's that's actually crazy um, i didn't know that yeah so that that was definitely something that hit me pretty hard when i was uh giving this talk just um doing a little bit of research beforehand um so that that's been another motivator for me is just like trying to eliminate screen time in general um like i know i used to spend like like maybe like two or three hours on my phone just between like you know texting people instagram snapchat whatever um, and that's dropped down to like most of the time, like less than an hour a day. Hmm. Um, just because, I mean, I have like nothing to do on my phone. <laughs> um, so, I mean, besides like look at directions or text people, but, um, uh, most of the time that doesn't take very long. So, um, I've really enjoyed that and it's given me a lot more freedom to be productive. Um, I mean, like I said, we've been trying to get this podcast in for two weeks. I've been really busy these last two weeks. I know if I had like... <laughs> If I had had like Instagram or something, I would have gotten most of the stuff that I got done probably would not have gotten done as well or done at all. Um, yeah. Just because that temptation is it's strong sometimes and it's it's not easy to to resist all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. That's really good to hear. Then that it's that it's going really well for you. Um, yeah. Are there? Well, I mean, what else do you got? I mean, what else? How? I don't know. I mean, what, what, have you gotten any, any like lights from it where, where you reach like a new level of, of closeness with Christ and prayer because of these, um, disciplines they call it? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think, um, it's really kind of opened my eyes to suffering for others. Mm. Um, just because most of the time, like I would say, I'd like offered up for an intention or something that I'd forget the intention, like after the first week and then, yeah. You know, Lent's the same thing. It's like you, you start really strong, um, and as Lent kind of goes on, it's kind of faded. Uh, unfortunately, it has kind of happened that way with Exodus 90, uh, but with the start of Lent, we kind of like revamped it a little bit and really were trying to really stay truly committed to those commitments. But, um, you know, it's 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 really an interesting concept because um, the world will tell you everything but that. You know, suffering is, is awful. You just want to fill your life with pleasure. You just want to do all these things it's all about you know it's all about me it's all about me um but really the hard wiring of like human beings is to give and is to love others um it's not meant for this internalness that the world is trying to tell us um and the suffering aspect of exodus 90 is um kind of helped has kind of helped uh me like realize that suffering is not a bad thing i mean obviously you know it, it sucks in the moment um like those cold showers i hate it 
but after I'm done, I kind of feel the sense of like accomplishment and it's like, um, almost like an act of service. Um, cause even though, you know, the person you're offering up the intention for may not know it, um, God knows and he's sending those graces their way. Um, I mean, and Christ is the greatest example of that, you know, the cross, the passion, those were not things that he wanted to do. Um, I mean, Christ was in Gethsemane, like if this, if, if father, if you can let this cup pass from me, but your will be done. Um, he didn't want to go through all that, that suffering. I don't want to go through all that suffering, but without the passion, without the cross, there's no resurrection. Yeah. It's so wow. sometimes we gotta, sometimes we gotta just suck it up and, and deal with it because it's going to make us stronger men. It's going to make us more willing and more dedicated to pursuing Christ. And it's going to make us better people for our, for our wives, for our children, for all those around us. Um, and, you know, offering up those graces for another person is uh, a great way to get some spiritual brownie points as well, I think. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I love it. That was a great answer. Yeah. I love that. Oh, thank you. Do you, think, do you think that being a missionary or, or doing this year in Atlanta for you has led you to this point, kind of like a big, a big mix with um, Exodus 90 and just also being a missionary, living in another state? You're in Georgia, you know, it's a different situation. Has has all of that mixture led you to that point? Um, I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that uh, has definitely helped. Um, just because the way I was living before, um, I was kind of pursuing Christ. I was mainly serving my own self-interest. Um, but, I mean, you know this, but, uh, I mean, I played soccer for... Uh, 10 plus years um, at a pretty competitive level um, and my only goal in life was to play college soccer that was that was pretty much it yeah. um, I didn't really think anything past that um, but once I got to my sophomore year in high school um, I got a little bit of a burnout and then uh, stopped playing uh, soccer as competitively and started playing uh, more school sports and then once you know COVID hit and I started my senior year um I realized that my only goal was to play college soccer and I wasn't sure if I could do that anymore. Mm. Um, just because I hadn't been playing as much COVID hit, you know, every, all the seniors who had reclassed, there was like not as many opportunities to get signed. Um, so I, I got pretty nervous. I was like, well, shoot, what am I, what's my purpose in life? What am I, what am I going to do with my life? Um, and uh, luckily, I had met uh, Father Martin Connor, who is a uh, priest, actually, who I live with now, which is kind of ironic. Um, he introduced me to this mission year. Originally, I thought that was kind of stupid and something I didn't want to do. Um, so I was, stuck, I was stuck in that, like, selfish mindset of, well, how is that going to benefit me? Why would I want to do that? Um, and so I, I originally had just been like, oh, yeah, that, that's kind of cool just to kind of appease him. Um, and kind of keep him off my back a little bit and tell him, like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll pray about it. Um, my prayer life also was was very weak and just not pretty much non-existent um, unless I was going to Mass on Sunday with my family or like, praying a rosary with my family. Mm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I was just stuck in this, like, very selfish um, loop um, until actually it was Lent of last year um, where I kind of had this 
uh, come to Jesus moment uh, in adoration. And uh, I was I was asking God, I was like, all right, God, you know, it's getting late in my senior year. I don't really know what I want to do. Um, I was ready to go to Ave Maria uh, down in Florida. They hadn't offered me um, any spots for soccer. Uh, they kind of told me I could try to walk on, but um, that was kind of hesitant at the moment just because I didn't have any film. You know, they had a couple of guys. Uh, it was a small recruiting class. Um, so I was kind of bummed out that, like, all that I had worked for for, for so long was probably not going to happen. And so um, I was like, all right, God, like, what do you what do you want me to do with my life? Um I'm out of options. Uh, I, I don't know what I want to do. Um, so, and uh, he just kind of placed on my heart that like this mission year would be um, the next right step for me. Um, and I was like, that sounds stupid. What are you talking about? Um, but it, it never really left my heart um, to really pursue and uh, do this mission year. So eventually I was just like, all right, you know what? Whatever, God. You're not leaving me alone with this, so let's do it. Um, so then I signed up for the missionary year. Um, and when I got the summer course, uh, it was it was the coolest thing ever because I met a lot of guys who were very similar to me. Um, you know, I met you, Francisco, everybody, uh, just all guys who uh, wanted to pursue their faith. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to grow in my faith, but I wasn't like, this should be like the number one thing in my life. Um, and that's been something that's uh, really been a, uh, been a point of, of growth for me this year is really trying to make Christ like the top thing in my life. Um, I know we had a whole meditation on that at, uh, at Specs. Um, uh, it was just how, like the ordering of our priorities. Um, for the longest time, it was like soccer, family, God, and then whatever else was in my life. Um, but now I realize it needs to be, you know, God, family, and then whatever else. It doesn't matter. Because um, ultimately, our goal should be to get to heaven. That's like our end-all goal, um, to get to heaven and to bring others with us. And I think that the way I was living my life before was very self-centered and just uh, I didn't want to be a man for others. Um, and so through Exodus 90 and through this mission year, um, it's really pushed me to kind of think outside of myself. Um, I mean, obviously when being a missionary, you're responsible for a lot of different people and a lot of different things. Um, and so it forces you to kind of think of others before you can think of yourself. You got a lot of responsibilities. You got to give talks, you got to run retreats, you got to do all these things for other people. Um, and you find a lot of joy in all these things. Um, so that's been a really, a really cool aspect of, of this mission year. And Exodus 90 has just further helped that, um, that journey of service for others and charity, um, just with our time and with our um, our resources and um, and everything else. Wow, that was awesome. I mean, I said that last time, but that was amazing. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I don't know. I love I love hearing that so much. Just that change in people, because that's that's exact. Ah, I mean, I relate to that so much. I was just in that exact same position of just also. I don't know. I was also soccer player like same thing i was like yeah it'd be cool to play in college and then um there were times where it looked like it could work out there were times where it was it, it like wasn't working out and then then boom that's when the mission year came in and then i don't know just just seeing that happen to another person is just is really awesome to see so it's 
wow it's very inspiring for sure to hear from you um yeah so i'm really glad it's yeah. well for you yeah no it's definitely it's definitely been really cool because another thing i realized is like you can't out give god um i mean i like i said i didn't really have a whole lot of opportunities to play college soccer or anything and then um you know it's funny enough actually as soon as i signed up for my mission year um i got a division one offer from stetson university hmm. um and i i knew that was as much as i the selfishness inside of me was like i need to take this offer like what am i what am i even thinking why am i even like considering doing a mission year at this point yeah um but i knew and i trusted that god wanted me to be here um and that he wanted me to uh you know, pursue this and he kind of tested my calling a little bit there hmm. um and it was it was definitely not easy to to say no um, in fact, I even told some of my friends and I mean, and they knew me, they knew I'd been trying to play college soccer for like a long time. Uh, me and a couple of my buddies were all, uh, you know, talking to a couple of schools, but never really, uh, got anywhere. My friend Ross got a couple of offers, but nowhere he really wanted to go. Um, but as soon as he heard that, he's like, dude, like, what are you, what are you thinking? Like, why would you not, why would you not take this? You know? Yeah. Um, and it was tough. It was definitely tough. Um, but I knew I wanted to go to a school where I could grow as a person. And uh, I didn't really think Stetson was going to be that place. Hmm. And part of me knew that, but um, part of me was also like, just take it as a new one offer. Uh, you know, this is kind of like what you've wanted your whole life. Yeah. But um, luckily, God gave me the uh, the courage and the strength to say no. And uh, kind of like what I was saying, you can't outgive God. I actually got an opportunity to uh, go on scholarship for Ave Maria next year, which has wow. been really cool. That's awesome. Um, because part of me thought it's like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this mission year. I'm giving up college soccer forever and um, and everything. But um, I feel like I'm much more prepared to go into a, a college sports environment, um, even if it's going to be at a place like Ave Maria, which is a very Catholic and authentic environment. It's still going to have a lot of those uh, for sure temptations, you know. For sure, it's yeah, gonna have a lot of those everywhere. Temptations. For sure, yeah. Um, yeah. so I feel like I'm a lot more prepared with my priorities. Um, just, I need to, you know, mass, you know, prayer every day. Those are, those are things that need to happen. Um, if sure. I want to, if I want to grow in virtue, if I want to be the man I want to be for like my future spouse, for my kids, hmm. um, you know, it's, those are things that I need to carry over with me. And I don't think I'll, I, I actually, I don't think, I know I wouldn't have done that if I had gone, uh, to call play college soccer last or this year. Wow. Um, so that's one thing that, uh, I am eternally grateful for. Um, I mean, obviously, I haven't been out in the real world uh, just yet, but um, those are definitely things that I plan on um, taking with me uh, for next year. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow, I mean, that's that's a great uh, conviction for sure that, that we have all have had an opportunity to grow. And I mean, and it's been the same for me, the exact same for me, just that excitement to go into it and, and do life with kind of, yeah. I mean, we're just more equipped with these tools to, to not just do it, but do it the right way. Cause I mean, we all could have not done the mission year. We all could have, um, done our own plan. Yeah. But now, now we have better tools to, to do it. So if anything, it's more exciting that way for sure. Yeah. So I'm, that's, it. that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like, if I had not done this mission year, life would have been life would have been interesting, but I knew I would have ultimately probably found a lot more unhappiness, and it would yeah. have taken me a lot longer to really find Christ in like in my day to day. 
but I know this year is it's almost like forced us to um, to grow as men. I mean, obviously we all want it, um, but it, it it gives us like the perfect opportunities to grow, um, which has been such a cool thing. Um, especially like seeing the priests living in the um, So I'm not sure about you, but I, I thought priests were kind of like they spent like all day in the chapel and didn't do anything but pray. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just, just seeing them, they're like normal people. They're like out yeah. doing like hiking a mountain and like, you know, playing yeah. sports with a bunch of like young men and uh, running retreats and all these like cool things. And um, just having like great conversations at dinner and um, seeing how they really care for each other and everything. It's, um, it's so cool. And I feel like I was never like, scared to like go up to it and talk to a priest about whatever but like part of me was always kind of like curious about like what you know like what do they do like what do they do besides like say mass and then hear confession yeah it's like, do they have like normal lives or yeah 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 <laughs> that's funny that's yeah. awesome there well that is yeah that is that is the time unfortunately i feel like it happens to me every oh, week man. or every month i mean but I could totally go on forever doing having this conversation. So, um, yeah, that's, thank, that's thank you so much for for coming. I really appreciate it. I hope to uh, to see you soon. Yeah, it was great talking to you, Andy. Yeah. Uh,